0: Twila m marks has walked into her purpose she is now she is now a certified life coach Twila is passionate about helping others recover from divorce and get their happy back let's introduce you to coach twyla the get your happy back divorce coach She has coined the phrase Get Your Happy Back. Twyla has recovered from divorce and she is ready to help you. So contact Coach Twyla, the Get Your Happy Back divorce coach today at www.twilammarks.com and let's start your divorce recovery journey.
1: Hello everyone, this is Twyla, I'm an author, speaker, radio host, and life coach. I'm Coach Twyla, the Get Your Happy Back Divorce Coach. Thank you so very much for tuning in today, and today's show is Finding My Voice. Have you or someone you know ever felt like you lost your voice? As in you may not have felt courageous enough to speak up? Well today my special guest has an amazing story to share and help us all be courageous to tell our story. So I'd like to welcome my special guest she's an author, she's a speaker, she is Miss Nicole Mooring to Divorce Talk with Twila radio show. Hello Nicole, thank you for being with me today on Divorce Talk with Twila.
0: Twyla. Hello, there you are. (laughs) There I am.
1: (laughs) Welcome to Divorce Talk with Twyla. Thank you for being here with me. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, yes. You're so welcome. So, Nicole, if you would just introduce yourself and share with our listening and viewing
2: audience now about your story. Well, um, You know, we've talked a few times, and um, I just want to thank you again for having me on. Um, I am a survivor, and as I'd like to call myself a warrior of um, a very abusive uh, relationship. Um, I was married for 17 years. I'm sorry, I was married for 12 years, and with him for 17 years, um, he was extremely narcissistic, uh, an alcoholic, controlling Um, financially, abusive, um, mentally, psychologically, emotionally, uh, abusive as well. And, you know, it didn't start off like that. It started off with the gaslighting as, you know, you and I have talked in previous conversations and, you know, so you don't see it over time and and they say love is blind. And for me, you know, I was never in love with him. I never loved him. Um, I was in love with the idea of being married and being a mom. And so I think that just really, really shadowed my whole idea of everything else. And I didn't see past that. And so, you know, as time went on and we then eventually got married and everybody kept trying to tell me my mom, my family members, my close friends were trying to tell me, you know, you know, what are you doing? You know, he's not good for you. You can do better. And, you know, I just, I was settling. I was ultimately settling. And at that point, you know, I got married at 23 years old and I was young. I still had my life ahead of me, but for some reason, I just don't know why I don't have an answer um, as to why you know, I just, I wanted to get married. I wanted to have a baby. You know, that was what I wanted, you know? And um, so we got married and um, the control just, it got worse. Wow. It just really manifested, you know, and I didn't see it.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
2: just kept choosing to look the other way. And, you know, it started off with little things, you know, with, you know, the insults. Yeah, um, which, in the beginning it was subtle, you know, Oh, you know, you look awful. And, and then it became, you know, you're fat, you're ugly, you know, you're not good enough. And in those things just, it was daily, you know, and, and your self-esteem starts diminishing and yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and you know, your self-worth and your self-image and, you know, so everything I had built myself to be, and, you know, I had a great job and, you know, I was working for a very good company and um. You know, everything, my goals and my dreams became minimal because it was anything he wanted. It wasn't what I wanted, it was what he wanted. Yes. So anything I wanted was, it was just null and void. It was off the table. Mm-hmm. Um, started trying to have a baby and then found out soon, soon thereafter that we couldn't. Um, he was infertile. And that was, of course, devastating. My world came crashing down around me. Um, thought about going in, actually, we started the in vitro process. Mm-hmm. And I, for some reason, and I still to this day, don't know why, but for some reason, I chose not to go forward with that.
0: Hmm. Because I
2: think deep down, I never wanted it to be, well, it's yours, not mine. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because I knew that would be, that was going to happen. Just mm-hmm. knowing the type of personality he had. Um, so we ended up looking towards adoption and both of my children are adoption adopted and wouldn't have it any other way. That was what, you know, God intended for me.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and when my daughter was born, you know, he was, I will say the one positive thing I will say is he was father of the year for the first year. I mean, he did, wow. he did great things for the first year and then the novelty, I guess wore off. The drinking became more excessive, the going out, the business trips, um, you know, all those things. Mm -hmm. And he was never home. But to be honest with you, I didn't care because when he wasn't home, I was happy. I wasn't walking on eggshells. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have to worry about who was coming through that door. You know, it was just my daughter and I. We were happy. I was content. And I started to really realize, you know, that that's how life was going to be Hmm. um and I didn't deserve it but how do you get out I mean because it was just progressively getting so bad but I would never share this with anyone because I was too you know I think everyone knew at that point Hmm. I didn't want to admit everyone knew but everyone knew you know I was a little embarrassed maybe I'm embarrassed. Yeah. Because it's never going to happen. None, none of these things are going to ever happen to you, you know? Yeah, And, um, and ashamed, I think, because, you know, all those things that, you know, I'm, I'm from a divorce, you know, my parents are divorced and I never wanted to be a product of my kids to be a product of divorce. Mm-hmm. But now looking back, you know what, that was the best thing I ever did that day was when I filed for divorce, you know, because mm-hmm. I made a better life for my kids and I, um, but you know, I think there was a lot of emotions, just you know, pride gets in the way, and yeah. you know, there's just a lot of things. And he had drilled it into my head that I would never do it on my own, I could never do it on my own. And, and in reality, I did better without him, you know. Yeah. Um, but because did I you think- start to believe that you couldn't
1: because that's what you heard on, on a daily basis, right?
2: Absolutely, yeah. yes, yeah, absolutely, you know, and and that is so embedded in your brain that you become like you question everything then, because it's like, you believe every single thing, everything he said to me, you know? So I ended up just really starting to have a plan in place Mm -hmm. and building that plan. And it was during that time when we got a call from the adoption agency and they said, well, we have a little boy. And I thought, oh my gosh, perfect little boy, little girl.
0: Yes. And in
2: my heart of hearts, I knew I knew my marriage was over. Probably wasn't the best thing that I could have done at that point, but it was the plan for me. It was what I was supposed. It was my path. It was my path. I have no regrets. You know, my, my son is the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went ahead and we adopted this little baby. And he was five weeks old when we brought him home. And um, at four months old, I started realizing something was wrong with my son. Oh, wow. And my ex was, um, no, no, nothing's wrong. You know, he didn't want to admit it. You know, let's turn the the blind eye and then nothing's wrong. Right. One of those kind of scenarios.
1: Yeah.
2: And, um, And sure enough, my gut instinct, I didn't have to give birth to know that something was wrong. Um, he was eventually after 14 months diagnosed with a genetic disorder called fragile X syndrome. Wow. And it's a lot like autism. He also carries the fragile X uh, I'm sorry, the autism diagnosis as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but fragile X is a genetic disorder. It affects the X one of the X mutations. And it's a variant. It's very, you can have extremely mild conditions or extremely you know, extreme conditions. My son's kind of right in the middle. Um, and you know, so then I'm faced with, oh my gosh, now I have this son who's cognitively delayed. I was told he'd never walk, I never talk, you know, oh might have god. him institutionalized. So now your your whole world's crumbling.
1: Oh my god. And
2: my ex just basically went like this oh washed my. his hands of him. His hands. Washed his hands, didn't want anything to do with him, which was okay, because you know what? I was far better off. Mm. And it was probably two months. Oh no, it was about a year later. Um, and I don't know why I ever said this. I don't know what my logic was behind this, but I said if he ever laid a hand on me, that was it. Mm. And he he did. He he laid a hand on me, came home drunker than I had ever seen anybody, and he actually raped me. Oh and my God. I, I said, that was it. I called the police. They escorted him out of the house. And I didn't realize, I didn't remember that until I wrote my book a year ago. And mm. I the, all those repressed memories came back. Oh my. And so I had to deal with that. You know, I'm seeing a psychologist. I've been seeing her for years. And I had to really go through all those relived memories and everything. And, you know, deal with that. All those new emotions and everything that were brought to light through, you know, my writing. Um, and again, I don't know why it took that because the abuse, the emotional, the mental, the verbal, the psychological abuse that I endured over those 17 years
0: mm-hmm.
2: I, to this day, you know, and I've been divorced since 2009. And to this day, I'm still, you know, catch myself um, still suffering from these things. And it's just part of it. You know, the PTSD and, you know, the flashbacks that I still suffer.
1: Yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh.
2: You just gave me chills,
1: Nicole. Like, oh, my gosh, that story. Oh, my gosh. If anyone is listening in to this right now and you can, this story is re- does resonate with you. Just call in to the phone lines. They're open tonight, 214 717 4678. The phone lines are open. We're here. If you have a question, you have a comment for my special guest, Nicole Mooring, feel free to call in. So, Nicole, thank you so much for sharing your backstory and your personal journey. We're going to take a couple minute break and then we're going to talk more about. What your backstory and your personal journey has inspired and elevated you to do, because I know you're, you're a businesswoman now and you have a, you've written a book, you're an author as well. So we're going to talk more and dive deeper into that. And so listeners, stay tuned. We will be right back with more of my special guest, Nicole Morin. I'm standing Two hands in the air I'm a champion You'll be looking up Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much. We're here with my special guest, Nicole Mooring. So, Nicole, thank you again for sharing your backstory, your personal journey. My gosh, that is a story of perseverance like none other. And so what I'd like you to do now is talk about, I know you have a company that you've established or an organization, Voices of Change
2: 2018. Tell us what that's all about. So, Voices of Change, twenty eighteen. I founded it with my daughter uh, Macy in twenty eighteen, and it was founded because my uh, both my kids, but my son uh, specifically, um, with the special needs, he was a victim of sexual abuse, um, and he disclosed to me in twenty sixteen. And you know, it's a a mother's one of a mother's worst nightmares, and (laughs) I never thought it would happen to my kids. And I specifically never thought it would happen to my son. I really thought that being that he had a disability, I really thought it would never happen. I don't know why I thought that, but, you know, you're handed a diagnosis, but no one ever talks to you about the incident rate of how frequent kids with disabilities are being um, abused. Sorry. And so... I did keep having these conversations with both of my kids. The conversations looked different, obviously, um, about body safety, stranger danger, because that's how I grew up with stranger danger, you know, Um, and because that's what I was led to believe. It was going to be a stranger. It wasn't going to be somebody we knew, somebody we trusted, and in return, it was. And um, so I would have these conversations. And fortunately, I did, because he came to me, although I think it was a few years after you know he had been molested um and he said to me you know so and so you know uh, was molesting him and i just stood still in my tracks because i couldn't believe you know you prepare yourself for the conversations
0: mm-hmm.
2: but you never prepare yourself for those next steps
0: mm-hmm.
2: and i didn't know what to do um you know i was just mortified obviously and mm-hmm. i just wanted to make sure i protected him And as I was going through the motions and trying to figure out the next steps and, you know, what to do now, because your whole life has now for sure come crumbling down, um, I found it extremely difficult to not only navigate the justice system, but, you know, he was discriminated against in every way, shape, and form. So he's already endured this traumatic experience and now has to live with it. And, you know, now we have to start this recovery process. But to try and find a trauma-informed psychologist, to try and find support and resources, it's not easy. Mm. And I spent so much time trying to find these things. And, you know, I should have been focusing those efforts on my children. And, you know, it it affects the whole family. It doesn't just affect that individual.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah.
2: And, you know, I'm since remarried. So, you know, my husband and I and my daughter and my son, you know, we're all trying to heal as a unit and really try and, you know, make sure my son was getting proper services and, you know, all the therapies and anything that, you know, we could do to help him. And those resources just aren't readily available. And I became frustrated. And that really gave me the idea to start Voices of Change Mm -hmm. So it started off as an Instagram page in November, November 1st of 2018. So we're coming up on three years now. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: um, so what I didn't realize was that uh, in June of 2018, um, yeah, it was June of 2018, um, my daughter was sexually assaulted. She was 15. And she was sexually assaulted by a different perpetrator Mm -hmm. um, and the justice system treated her so different. Um, They cared about what happened to her. They cared about seeing, making sure she got justice. Um, That gentleman received jail time. He's on the registry for 15 years, mental health assessment, community service, and the list goes on. Uh, My daughter received justice. I mean, she got, she, she, I mean, hats off, she stood strong yep. in her convictions. They cared about my daughter, and that's how it should be. Yes, care about uh, everyone. Right. Whether it's female right. or male. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And it was as all of this was unfolding that my son disclosed for time number two that the same perpetrator from his first experience um was not only molesting him but he was taking pictures of him and oh. putting them on the computer oh my god so yeah it's i mean it's still to this day i still get a pit in my stomach thinking oh my about god. the heinous crimes that have been done to my son Ugh. so I'm we go tears over here oh my god yeah yeah oh. it, it, it's been a nightmare it's mm-hmm. been a nightmare so going through you know the same process again and it took me 7 months to execute a, a search warrant with law enforcement 7 months 7 months 7 months wow and by That's this cool. time the perpetrator had been given the heads up he got rid of all of his equipment and he hired a criminal attorney so <sighs> guess what he walks free he walks free he walks oh free God. and we have been left to pick up the pieces of you know this these enormous acts that have been done to my son, and help him have a decent life, and you know to put all that truly in the past, and to recover the best that he can. Um, so, Voices of Change is about you know reducing the risk of children with disabilities, and really educating the public because this is such a st- systemic issue. People don't talk about it. You know, silence you know causes this yes. epidemic yeah um, and we are creating that change we're creating that movement so that kids with disabilities have a, as much of a voice as my daughter had um, there's no reason my son should be in in the place that he's at right now he should have deserved ju- he deserves justice just deserve like my daughter. justice just as well yes So, um, and then, you know, providing the necessary supports and the resources for families so that they're not out there looking for everything like I was night and day so that they're actually, you know, dedicating their time to their family and getting the, you know, psychological services that they need and everything so that they can, you know, move the process along quicker than what I was able to. Yeah. Um, you know, and so nobody stands alone in this journey because it's a lonely journey. And you really realize that when you're going through this and when people shy away and aren't there for you, it's, it's horrible. Wow. Wow.
1: Wow. (sighs) Nicole, I want to ask you, what are some reasons that you believe some people just don't speak up about any type of sexual abuse or even physical abuse? I know this is domestic violence awareness month and what are some reasons? Is it because people are fearful or what do you think it
2: is? I think people are fearful. I think they're fearful of retaliation,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, you know, fearful of, you know, what somebody could do, you know. And, you know, I think for a, a small time in my time frame, I, I thought the same because, you know, that control, you know, that's what they want. They want that control. hmm. And. But what people need to learn is when you take that control, they don't have it. And Mm -hmm. that took me a long time. And and some very wise people tried telling me that don't give them the control. Don't give him that control. And that took me a long time to process that. But it's so true because when you take your power, you own it. You own the situation. You own it. And they don't own it anymore. I mean, I was threatened when I released my book. I was threatened wow. to release it. You know what? No, you're, you no longer control me. This is That's my right. story. This is my journey. And he wasn't going to do that to me. You shouldn't have done it then. You shouldn't have hurt me. Then there wouldn't be a story like this. That's right. Here.
1: That's yeah. right. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. So what, there might be some parents listening um, to us and viewing as well. What are some signs as a parent that you can suggest to maybe look for if you feel like your child may have been abused sexually? What are some signs? Withdrawal, or what, what are some signs you think?
2: You know, it doesn't, I don't think it looks much different if your child is, you know, typically developing or, you know, has a disability. Um, you know, withdrawal, bedwetting, night terrors, um, avoidance of certain people, not wanting to go certain places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe if they were verbal and start, you know, maybe being you know less verbal, uh, maybe being more secluded, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Nail biting, um, wanting to sleep in bed with you if they didn't before. Um, the self security blanket, right? Yeah. Um, you know, self-harming, crying a lot, um, acting out. My son started having these outrageous tantrums that were were like nothing I had ever seen before wow. you know but then again these things are also could be you know indicators of other things it doesn't mean they're being abused so I don't want anybody to think like just because they're having these kind of symptoms that that's an indicator that they're being abused right you know, they could be other things but you know I think if there's a sudden onset of things you know just to be you know very really be watchful of you know anybody around them um, you know, if you have a child with a disability, obviously as parents, we rely heavily on other people to help us, you know, as caregivers, you know. Um, So you really have to have these conversations and make sure you're being open with your child and and make sure they know that you're being open with your child and that you're watching everything, you know, so they know you're doing your due diligence. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that'll reduce that risk right there.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned about the recovery journey and the healing. Absolutely. Counseling is imperative. It's necessary for anyone and it doesn't necessarily even have to be a child. I know we're speaking about children in this instance, but adults counseling is imperative. Wouldn't you agree, Nicole, absolutely. to recover absolutely. from this type of trauma? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah, And it's not just for that individual, it's for the entire family, you know, because when you work in that unit, you know, it's, you get so much more, you get such better results when you work as a unit. I mean, we've worked with my son's psychologist, with the psychiatrist, you know, really working as a team because you're going to get the best end result. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have that collaboration and that communication, you know, you're going to get better results than if you're working independently and you you know, you don't have that communication. You need that for this. I mean, you just for anything really, but for when a child's been abused, um, you have to, you know, wow. I see such a difference from 2016 January, 2016 to now five years has made such a difference. Um, you know, and had he not had that, we wouldn't be where we're at today mm-hmm. at all. You know.
1: wow, that's amazing. So tell us more about your book. I know it's entitled Finding My Voice.
2: Finding, my, finding, finding myself. myself. Yes. yes.
1: Yes. Finding My Voice is number two. <laughs> yes. Yes. Finding Myself. What gave you the courage to just write? How did you just say, okay, you know what? I've got to start writing. i got to get this out here. It's my story. It's my journey. It's your truth. And I'm sure it's helping so many readers
2: in that space. So tell us more about that. So I actually started writing Finding My Voice first, um, which is my second book. Um, and that's all about my the journey of being a mother of two children that were uh, abused. And as I started writing it, um, kind of two things happened. First, my son's case wasn't over. So I knew I couldn't finish it because there was so much I couldn't add to it. And I didn't know when that would finish, uh, when the case would be done. So I didn't know when I could finish it. And then second, as I really started to dive into it, I realized there was so much history, you know, about me being abused, about them being adopted, and you know, about the divorce and the psychological aspects. So I thought, you know what, it just made more sense to work backwards. And then I started thinking, well, there's too many important things in both in, in, in all of it to have it be one book. So I divided it into two. So finding myself is overcoming abuse, heartbreak, and loss then finding true love. Mm. And this is, you know, exactly what it says, you know, it's, it's overcoming 17 years of being abused in in every way imaginable, and sinking to my lowest points. And really never thinking, I mean, that day I walked out of that courtroom, you know, I didn't have any expectations of ever finding any, anything else. It was going to be me and my kids. And that was okay. I was going to be happy.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: unbeknownst to me, I found the love of my life, the love of I your life. life. I love it. I <laughs> my life. And, um, you know, I, I wanted people to realize that you can overcome, it's mind over matter, like anything in life, you can overcome these things. You can, you're not, you're not a product of your past. That's right. You're not. Yes. I love that. You're not a product of your past folks. You're not at all. And, you know, I think with, with COVID and, you know, with so many things changing and I really felt like I just wanted to, encourage and inspire and just empower people. I don't promote divorce at all. But if you're in a relationship or a marriage, or a civilized union, whatever kind of, you know, relationship it is, and you're not happy, don't stay.
1: Don't stay. And I'm a life coach, Nicole, you know that. Right. I'm a divorce life coach. I don't promote divorce either. But I pretty much, you hit the nail on the head, bingo, what I tell my clients, if you're right. unhappy, especially if you're in an abusive marriage, you've got to remove yourself from that. That's just not safe for you. And God forbid if there's children involved as well. So right. absolutely. Yes. I love it. You found the love of your life. Yes. I'm still looking. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been 14 years. <laughs> yeah, we both have- out it. In 2009, same year, same year. Yeah. So, yep, yeah. yeah. So as we wrap up, Nicole, if you would just share with our viewers and listeners how to contact you on all your social media and website and all that
2: good stuff. Sure. So um, my, our Voices of Change website is www.voicesofchange2018.org. Uh, our social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram, is at Voices of Change 2018. And my, um, my website for the book is uh, Nicole Mooring, M O E H R I N G, dot org. And I am on Facebook and Instagram, and it's, I believe, it's nicole.moring.voc. I believe that's what I am. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, uh. I, I you so much. I kind of remembered it. I couldn't remember if it was a dot or a line. I couldn't remember. Thank you. Yes. Yes. So yes. um, um, And then. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and then, you know, uh, my emails is mooring at voices of 2018.com. Awesome.
1: Awesome.
2: Well, there you
1: have it, y'all. Nicole has a very, very amazing story. I call it a perseverance story. And you know what? Pain turned into purpose. And now you're helping others uh, recover or helping other parents how to handle um, abuse if their children have been abused. So you know what? It doesn't feel good when we're going through it, any pain, but it's purpose in the pain. It really is. And it's to help others. So I want to thank you so much for coming on Divorce Talk with Twila radio show. This has been an amazing conversation and I, it's my hope and it's my prayer that somebody was inspired tonight by your story. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, y'all, that's it. Another episode of Divorce Talk with Twila, And listen, next week, tune in. My special guest is divorce coach, Crystal Cook. We're going to talk about divorcing a narcissist. So folks, until next week, this is Coach Twyla the get your happy back divorce coach. Divorce Talk with Twyla is out. She's just a girl and she's on fire.